2: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable, because this is Graveyard Tales. (laughs) All right, Matt, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing pretty good. Good, good. Up top, I'm gonna apologize if my voice sounds weird or if I'm yelling um, because my allergies are totally screwy and ears are clogged. Can't hear. Voice is weird. Been this way for about a week, so I'm gonna apologize if I sound funky. But yeah,
1: Adam, Adam can't hear,
2: so he's screaming at everybody. Right. And I've got my headphones turned up as loud as they can go. And Matt's still kind of like. Burr, 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 burr. So I'm just I'm lip reading at this point, hoping I know what he says. Yeah. Um, Trying to read my lips with a microphone. in Right. Front of me. Which is I mean, that's a talent. Yeah. To be honest. Um,
1: I don't know. What it, bad, bad lip reading. Graveyard Tales version. <laughs>
2: yeah. So I think he just said monkey shoes. I'm not sure what that means, but. Um. I don't know what it's like in the rest of the world, but here in the south of the United States, the allergies are killing everybody um, because I know everybody I work with and all that. Everybody's getting killed, man. I saw a dude
1: today. He's just laid out on the side of the road. He's like, it looks like he's reaching and there's like a bottle of Zyrtec mm-hmm. just out of his reach. It, and, and he just, he just didn't make it.
2: That was me. And, you know. That was me. You you didn't stop to help a brother out. He's,
1: he's dry, dried up. <laughs> looks like a salabander. Just cooked right there on the pavement.
2: <laughs> it, it's getting bad. It's getting bad. We're going to have to do something. Need a big like shop vac or something to vacuum all the pollen out of the air. So anyway, Matt, guess what? What? We got a live event coming up. Hey, that's right. So October twentieth here in Nashville, we're gonna be doing a live event with Hillbilly Horror Stories, EVP Mediums, and Macabre Melts at Hale Nashville. That's
1: right. It's one of the coolest places in town. If you wanna, if you wanna see us, see, uh, see me and Adam's ugly mug. Mm-hmm. Uh, meet the uh, Jerry and Tracy from Hillbilly Horror Stories. Meet the EVP Medium guys. Uh, you know. Come on down, right. Get your tickets. Uh, you know, there's only only so many because this place can only hold so many folks. So don't wait to the last minute. If you think you're gonna come, ten bucks.
2: Yep. bring it. Not bad at all. Get your
1: tickets. Make your plans. Um, I don't want I don't want any any uh, any graveyard members to get left out.
2: Right. So go to graveyardpodcast.com, and we've got a link there in order to click over and purchase the tickets. Um, and it's cool little banner, shows you who all is going to be there, the time and the location with the address. So you can GPS it, find how, how long it's going to take you. So again, graveyardpodcast.com, go over, buy your tickets. Now, another little bit of news. Now Matt knows, and y'all probably know that my fanship is that a word? Fanship, sure. Um, of Lauren Coleman is really high. You know, been a fan of his for a long time. Read a ton of his books. I don't think I could ever read all of them because there's so many of them. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm sure giving it a go. You know. <laughs> um, but he and I have been talking here recently, which is cool enough. But he's involved in a project called Serious Rising. And some of y'all know that's an older project, but he and another guy and some people are working on getting it back out there to people. And he has sent Matt and I a copy. So we are going to power through this. And right after we get done with Lake Monster Month, we will do an episode on Serious Rising. And we're not going to give any spoilers now as to what it's about or anything like that. We just want you to check back in. Um, and we really think you're going to like it. It's a really cool topic, really interesting topic. It fits in with what we do, but it's also a little outside of what we do. So it's kind of cool. Yep. Um, so anyway, I think that's all the news we've got for you and everything. We haven't done it in a couple of weeks, but let's take a potty break and let's hear from monsters among us. In the shadowed recesses of our world, monsters lurk. Beasts from a bygone era, obscured by the thickest forests, deepest oceans, and darkest corners. Despite our reluctance to find them, an unlucky few cross paths, it's these experiences that we explore at Monsters Among Us Podcast. My name is Derek Hayes, your faithful host and guide. Each week, I explore calls from around the world detailing chilling encounters with mystery beasts, ghosts, UFOs, and a plethora of other strange happenings. You can find Monsters Among Us podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and most other podcatchers. Beware, there truly are Monsters Among Us. Okay, so here we go. Matt, what are we talking about tonight? Okay, tonight we're going to be talking about
1: uh, two things. Number one, we're going to be talking about Pyramid Lake uh, in Nevada and man, this place is crazy.
2: It really is. I mean,
1: it, it, it you know, as far as lakes go, it, it's got, it's got everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got just, well, you're going to hear about it. Right. And the second thing we're going to be discussing tonight is the beast of Bushko. Mm-hmm. And we'll get more into that later, but uh, we're going to start off by talking about Pyramid Lake and this is Lake Monster Month. Uh, Pyramid Lake is a monster lake (laughs) i mean you know the 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 monster really is the lake itself and all of the mysterious things that have happened there all of the legends that talk about um the the creatures the spirits the just the insanity that goes on around pyramid lake
2: it's a graveyard tales lake it absolutely
1: (laughs) is if if graveyard tales had a lake it would be pyramid lake absolutely So, let's talk a little bit about the lake itself. The lake itself is about 125,000 acres in size. It is the largest remnant of Lake Lahontan, the inland sea that covered most of Nevada. Uh, It's located in Washoe County. Uh, It's fed by the, the Truckee River that flows from Lake Tahoe. Now, the Truckee River Basin. It, it it's a it's a basin lake. It's it's got an inlet from the Truckee River, but it has no outlet. So the water doesn't leave through a normal outlet. It the the water that leaves only leaves by evaporation or from subsurface seepage, where it actually goes into the soil.
2: Seepage is a weird word. <laughs> <problem. laughs> I'm not sure I'm comfortable with you saying that.
1: (laughs) So add that to the list. Words that just sound bad. Seepage. Moist and seepage.
2: See, seepage sounds worse than moist to me. It does. I'm okay with moist.
1: Moist seepage is the worst. (laughs) We
2: have just triggered about 45 people. (laughs) Just so you know.
1: (laughs) That's right. We're going to, you know, we're going to have an episode of nothing but words that trigger people, and we're going to (laughs) say Alexa a million times so that that
2: everybody's echo turns off. Well, and now Alexa is just searching for moist seepage. That's not good.
1: (laughs) Yeah. If you've got one of those ones that's got a screen on it, don't look at it. (laughs) Right. All right. All right. Off of that tangent. Um, So, uh. So the name Pyramid Lake, it comes from the numerous uh, huge limestone cone-shaped formations called tufa. And they line the shores and jut up out of the water, uh, with the largest of these being Anahoe Island, which just shoots out and just looms over the top of the water. And if you're wondering what it looks like, I bet you've already seen it.
2: Probably have.
1: Um, the lake is well known for crystal clear water, pristine beauty, and these picturesque vistas, uh, as well as being a sanctuary for you know a huge amount of birds, including geese, pelicans, gulls, owls grebes. the hell's a grebe <laughs> I'm not sure <laughs> I, I, I don't know why i didn't Google what a grebe was, but no, and duck sand um as well as a home to numerous endangered species of fish. Now, the reason I said that you've seen Pyramid Lake, um, the image of the, the Anaheim Island coming up out of the water is the default screensaver for Apple iPad products. So every, everybody has seen it. You've, you've seen it on a display. You've seen it on a commercial or something.
2: Maybe so, on a commercial. I'm not an Apple guy. And he's not, I am talking about triggering people. We just triggered the double density guys.
1: Yeah, (laughs) we
2: did. Apple products suck, Angelo. Okay, sorry, (laughs) go ahead.
1: Man, we're full of tangents. Yeah, (laughs) I I didn't realize we were gonna have this many this quick. Um, but the surrounding area around Pyramid Lake has long been inhabited by members of the uh, the Paiute tribe. So a lot of the legends that come with the mysteries of the lake, they their origin comes from, you know, the Paiute. So Adam, why don't you get us into some of these legends? So
2: all right. So like Matt said, a lot of these come from the the Paiute history. And there's a couple different versions of these Um, I'll give you one, Matt will give you another one, uh, because there's a couple different versions and depending on the version you choose to believe that kind of, it kind of determines where this goes. And we're going to cover all the theories and all that as we get into it. But the original Paiute legend, there is a young man that fell in love with a mermaid while visiting the California coast, determined to marry her he brought her to his home near Pyramid Lake. Upon seeing the strange creature, the tribe's elders immediately rejected her and demanded that the young man return her to the ocean. The rejected mermaid departed, but not before putting Pyramid Lake under a curse. Now, as the Paiute legend continues, there's two sisters that were washing clothes in the river. One of the sisters had an infant who she left in the shade as she worked. While the sisters were distracted with their work, serpent emerged and ate the infant. But this was no ordinary serpent. It was able to shapeshift. So the serpent assumed the form of the child, and when the child's mother went to feed it, the snake attacked the woman and began to eat her. Unable to free the young mother from the serpent, the sister rushed off to get the assistance of a medicine man. The powerful medicine man struck a deal with the snake. The snake was to restore the woman's health, and in return, the serpent would be allowed to inhabit Pyramid Lake. So that's the first of the legends. And this, you know, that's directly from Paiute lore. Yeah. Now, Matt is going to tell you the other legend, and we'll see kind of how it compares afterward.
1: Okay. So the other legend is about a creature or creatures known as water babies. So even before the settlers arrived there, there were tales of these ghostly demonic spirits inhabiting the water, uh, such as serpents and a type of water imp that was known as water babies. Now these specters are said to look like babies with, you know, this twisted rage and hate in their facial features. And they, they're said to lurk right under the surface, awaiting a victim to get close enough uh, so they can attack, and then they'll drag the victim down to their death. Now, the story of how these creatures came to be varies a little bit. One version of it, uh, which was really developed by early European settlers, was that the Paiute had this disturbing habit of throwing unwanted, malformed, you know, sickly babies into the lake in order to keep the tribe strong. And it's these abandoned, murdered babies that prowl the water. It is a grisly story, I know, um, but it's likely to be an exaggerated claim uh Based on the European settlers viewing these Native Americans as savages, so the Paiute themselves actually say that the water babies come from the legend that Adam was describing, the the serpent legend, um, coming up and and consuming the baby on the shore. Right. You know. So. Like I said, we this has got a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got lake spirits, lake serpents. I mean, you know, really crazy stuff. Right. But again, like with a lot of these lake creatures, there's a Native American legend that, you know, precedes Predates, it. Yeah. yeah. So it's really cool how... A lot of these legends, when they were presented to these European settlers, um, took on a life of their own. Right. And, you know, were continued to be handed down. And so that's why we get these multiple versions of it.
2: Right. You know, and like Matt was saying, if you want to, you know, go off the water baby being a a spirit uh, from the Paiute lore and other Native American groups. You know, that actually the water baby legend goes through many different Native American tribes back, you know, hundreds of years ago. And there's probably still tales of it to this day, but it was kind of all in the same region there, you know, around the Nevada, Idaho area Mm -hmm. within those tribes. And like Matt was saying, a lot of them. They classify a water baby in basically two different categories. One is either a trickster, and we've talked about tricksters before. Mm -hmm. It's a trickster spirit who just wants to play pranks on humans or anybody that comes near the lake. Uh, Pester them. You know, stuff will go missing if you're fishing. Yeah. pole may go missing, stuff like that. So not really harmful. Right. But just kind of there to screw with you. And they're... There are current stories of people losing items. Mm -hmm. You
1: know, fishermen will go out on the lake and they'll lose the cooler, um, you know, lose the lures and things, you know, without, you know, having caught it on anything or, you know, almost like their line was cut. Right. Things like that.
2: Reeling it in and the lure's just gone. Mm -hmm. So it's like Mm -hmm. something's playing a trick on you. Right. Um, And then there's the other, the murderer or the avenger spirit. And it's one that just wants to take out rage on humans. And it's either in just simply because that's the nature of that spirit or the imp that Matt discussed, or it's avenging its own death. In the case of the legend of the Paiutes throwing their babies in the water, then that spirit would be to avenge its own death by killing humans. Um, And there's. A couple different um, legends here. that they, they vary a little bit depending on where you're at. Now, around the Pocatello, Idaho area, the Massacre Rocks, the urban legend of that area states that one year, a terrible famine overtook the land of the Shoshone Indians. They could not feed themselves, nor could they feed any new mouths. Mothers were forced to drown their newborn babies in the local rivers and lakes. And it's said that the babies changed. They grew tails and fins and gills. They survived the famine by feasting on tadpoles and small fish. Now, these sprites can be seen playing in the canals and rivers around Shoshone Bannock Reservation. Their laughter can be heard as they attempt to lure unsuspecting humans to their death. And they never forgot the sins of their mothers and will claim the life of anyone foolish enough to approach the water's edge. So that kind of goes along the Avenger line, you right. know, and, and the the legend that you spoke of earlier where, you know, the the baby is getting killed in the water and it's changing at that point. But the one you talked about was the spirit. It was basically the spirit of the baby that inhabits the water. So that's that's graveyard tales bread and butter right mm-hmm. there. That's yep. ghosts. That's spirits. Um this one is kind of more of after the baby goes in the water instead of dying, it transforms and it transforms into a monster, a tiny itty bitty baby sized monster, which is worse for me. (laughs) I would rather see a big old lake monster than this little baby with mangled teeth and stuff, you know? Yeah.
1: So now we've got a combination of spirit baby and cryptid baby. Mm -hmm. I don't know which one's worse.
2: We call it the spitted baby.
1: <laughs> they all seem kind of bad. Yeah, they're you know? all bad. I mean, you know, not, there's no good. There's no good that comes out of this ever. No, you know, <laughs> whether you 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 believe the legend or not, it's right. like this is okay. You know, murderous babies. That's bad. You know, it's bad all the way around. <laughs> right. You know, it's just like okay, we're gonna do something with babies and water. Uh, uh-uh. no, yeah. it's it, it's all bad.
2: Right. Now, in Provo, Utah, in Utah Lake, um, their water baby legend is a little bit different than Idaho's. Their story tells of a Native American mythical creature much like a dwarf. These beasts live in the water of Utah Lake. They mimic the sound of a child's screams and they cry to lure humans into open water. Once there, they drag their victims to the bottom. Now, the purpose is unclear as to why they do this. Um, but it's still alive and well in Utah, that legend. You know, you, they still talk about it like they do in Pyramid Lake. Um, so that one, you know, there's like three different versions of the water baby, and there's several different, if you look them up, there's yeah. several different versions of it. We just kind of picked three to go over. Um, but it, it, Really interesting to me how it's all they all kind of mimic a baby's cries, mm-hmm. um, because if you look into other spirits or demons or anything like that, there's a lot which will mimic a child's cries in order to lure someone, mm-hmm. you know, out on their own in order to kill them. Um, there's legends of, you know, vampires in, I think, Taiwan or something that do the same thing. Yeah. Um, The Wendigo. Right. So what is it? You know, is it preying upon human nature to want to help a child? You know, or I mean, I don't know. You know, me and kids. I'm like, well, there's a crying baby. I'm going to leave that, that crap alone. You know, <laughs> something's wrong. Y'all wonder why I don't like kids. I've read too much of this crap. You know, this is stuff like this that I'm like, no, man, crying kid, somebody else can take care of that. You know. I'm going to send Matt over there. You check that out. I'm going to hang oh, back. Yeah. Man.
1: Yeah. Now, I'm not going <laughs> to look. I've been there many, many times. You know, I, I I'm, I, I've, I've seasoned myself to be able to go, uh, that's, that's not a cry that needs my attention.
2: I'm going back <laughs> yeah. to sleep. I can tell what's a, what's a good cry, what's a bad cry.
1: And so if I'm if I'm out like on the lake and I hear a baby crying, I'm thinking I didn't bring a baby with me, so I'm OK. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's, it's not not, my it's baby. not a
2: cry that I need to go attend to. Right. So now we uh, last week, we kind of left Randy, the roving reporter, in a bit of a bind. I um, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he just got hauled away by an ambulance. Um but he got back in touch and he's okay now. Great. He, yeah, he had a little bit of an issue, but he's okay now. So when I talked to him, I sent him out to Pyramid Lake. Just kinda, you know, looking in. The poor wait, guy
1: Wait, we we paid this guy to do something else?
2: It was all up front. So we've got to get our use out of him. Oh. It was a lump sum. Up front, <laughs> oh, so we—he's oh, like an indentured servant now, pretty much. Oh, okay. pretty much. Okay. So we can just kind of do with him what we want now. <laughs> so, you know, I think the snake bite from last time did a little something to his brain because he seemed a little bit dumber this time.
1: Is that possible?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> let's check in with Randy and let's see how how he's doing and what he found.
0: Hey guys, it's Randy, the Roman reporter, and I'm back. I see from my ingredients list here that you have sent me to Pyramid Lakes, Nevada. It's very beautiful here. I also see in my trusted reporter notebook that there is some mermaid ladies here in this lake. So I have my extra special speedo on just for the occasion. That's right, ladies. How you doing? <clears throat> wow, this lake looks just like the picture on my iPad. Wait a sec. What was that noise? Babies? Is that, is that babies? Hmm. Ah, oh, dang it. I see I'll have to go in the lake again to investigate. Ah, oh, no. Another water snake. Uh uh-uh, uh. Don't worry though. This time I have my official Graveyard Tail Snake back Kit available in the merch store. Wait, was this? You must rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts to activate this kit. Oh, great. Here we go again. Back to you guys in the graveyard.
1: Oh, Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, man. Man, I'm telling you, I I made that comment about the snake bite kit, and we're going to run out.
2: I know, man. And, oh. and Randy's going to buy them all. <laughs> he is. But see, this will get a five-star review out of Randy because he's not going to be able to use it till he gives us a five-star review. <laughs> so if you guys want to go buy your own snake bite kit over in the merch store, just rate us five stars to activate. That's not true. That's a lie. But- <laughs> <laughs> we, so
1: we don't want any emails, tweets, <laughs> PMs, wondering where the snake bite kits right. are. They're not for sale. We've got to give them all to Randy. That guy's That's got right. terrible that luck is with sold snakes. Out. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Poor guy always finds a snake. Oh man. You know, I mean, I'd also feel bad for him because he got his hopes up. He was hoping he was going to find a mermaid lady. And yeah, I bet he he watched Splash. Right before he went out there, he he must have. Which you know, this
1: this legend, you know, we could we could turn Splash into a horror movie, yeah, because it kind of leads that way, and then it has a nasty twist,
2: right, <laughs> <laughs> right. So we hope again, we hope that Randy has not gone and disappeared on us. Um, I, we'll have to check back in see if he pops back up out of the hospital later. Um. That guy's got like nine lives. Yeah, well, which, a seven, seven now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so if we, we'll know something's up, that he's got, he's like invincible. If we get seven more and then eight more out of him, <laughs> um, he's just gonna have venom just flowing through his. Yeah, well, eventually he'll be immune to these snakes. That, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So the reason we hope he doesn't go missing is because. To this day, there are reports of people going missing and reports of people just like Randy that hear baby cries on the wind coming across the waters. And this is from people that don't even know the tales of water babies. They find out after they hear it. And usually the legend goes that if you hear a water baby, then that is impending doom for you? Yeah, it's you're, a bad omen. Right, you're either going to die or go missing, or go missing and die, whatever order it needs to be. Yeah, but something bad's going to happen. <laughs> um, you're you're going to go missing, and then you're you might die. Right, and then
1: you're going to go missing again from wherever you went missing to. Right, and then you'll die. Right, and then
2: you'll reappear, and then your body will go missing. Right. <laughs> And it's weird that you talk about reappearing um, because there's a lot of reports of bodies of people that will go missing in Lake in Pyramid Lake. Yeah. That turn up in Lake Tahoe. Right. Now, how y'all are like, well, you know, they're connected by the Truckee River. OK, but. That would make sense if you went missing in Lake Tahoe and showed up in Lake Pyramid. Exactly, because Lake Tahoe is basically above Pyramid Lake. Right. So, how are these bodies going up upstream? Upstream, they're going against the current. So, their water babies are like salmon. That's what it is. <laughs> they dra- they kill you, and then they drag your body yep. upstream. They tuck you under an arm, and you see them jumping over you know, over <laughs> yeah, the rises right. and they go over the dams and everything. Um, there's a lot of theories from people that live around there that there are underwater connections. Like yeah. they, the, the water, there's a water source that connects underground between Lake Tahoe and Pyramid Lake. And, you know, Matt was, we were talking about this off mic earlier, and Matt was saying there's a lot of people that they say, submarine has gone down there and they haven't found it.
1: Right. Geologists will say that there's no evidence, physical evidence, that there's any of these canals, that that's just rumor and speculation. But the people that live around Pyramid Lake, they swear by the fact that they exist. Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of it is based on legend and some of the stories. And, And even as Adam and I tried to pin down some more specifics on these stories about people that have gone missing. And shown up in Lake Tahoe, there's just not a lot of there there's really no details right at all of any specific case it's so a lot of this is hearsay mm-hmm. but it it happens often enough that you think okay there's there's got to be at least a couple stories of this happening mm-hmm. that people are basing this on, but not necessarily right. You know, so, you know, like I said, you would think if somebody went missing within the last, I don't know, 50, 75 years, this would have made a, a, a big news story. Mm-hmm. And, and they showed up in a different lake. I mean, which sounds like a missing 411 case. Right. Um, And there's. There's just not. I mean, they're if they're if there are stories out there, they're not easily found,
2: right? They're and, not. and I
1: would think this would be like headline news,
2: mm-hmm. and and they're not Googleable, you yeah. know.
1: And there are plenty, plenty of stories of people that went missing in Pyramid Lake,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know. And and there's there, I mean there's stories of people, of fishermen, of divers, paddle boarders that have gone out and and Maybe their body was found. Maybe it wasn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the lake has a depth of 365 feet, so it's not impossible to search, but it's very difficult. Right. You know, so if, if a body was weighted in such a way, um, whether by, by fishing gear or, you know, a, a, they lost their life jacket or something like that and they managed to sink, they could reasonably get so far down that it would be, it would just be by chance if they were found.
2: Right, right. And with water getting that cold, you know, that low, the gases are not going to build up in order for you to float, Mm -hmm. you know, so the, the normal, uh, floating of a body after it starts to decompose doesn't normally take effect when it gets that cold. Right. Um, You know, so like Matt was saying, there's a lot of disappearances, which in and of itself can, you know, lend a bit of credence to the stories of the water babies taking fishermen because, you know, they say springtime is when they're most active and that's when the most people go missing. Now, okay, that that may be true, but think about who's out there. Springtime is one of the probably one of the highest seasons for activity in the lake because people are fishing for cutthroat trout Mm -hmm. around that time. Uh, Boaters, they're just coming out to kayak and and boat and everything. So with more activity, you're going to have more chances of people going missing and dying on a lake. So it may correlate, but it may be kind of a spurious correlation and not fit that well um but it is weird Mm -hmm. now one of the things you know we were talking about hearing the cries of water babies if you look at the geology around the lake with all the tufas and everything up there one of the theories i had for hearing that is wind coming off of those rocks you know it's very possible that sure you hear something you hear a water baby or what you think is a water baby, a cry, but it's basically just kind of wind whistling off of these rocks mm-hmm. because there's not many lakes around that have that same formation. So you wouldn't get that same activity in many other lakes.
1: Right. Yeah. So, I mean, and that makes sense. I think that's a that's a plausible explanation as to why you hear the babies cry. Mm-hmm. Um and at at the time you know when when these legends were you know beginning we've talked about this before you know early native americans not understanding the you know the principles of of physics would believe they that's what they're hearing and come up with a story about it and Adam and my Adam and I have mentioned this before. Those kind of stories were developed in order to keep people safe, right? So if we we hear this, we don't understand it. We we come up with this story that explains why you hear this at the water, and now we're telling you know all of our our kinfolk, all of our tribesmen, you know, keep your. Keep your children away from the lake. Keep keep yourself safe at the lake because mm-hmm. these water baby spirits will take you if you get too close. Or right. if you hear them, it's a bad omen. You know, it's foretelling your your demise.
2: Right. So, now all of that to be said, could all of these legends have been started basically as a way to explain other weird happenings that are actually, you know, happening in that lake. Like, could that actually be someone trying to make sense of there being a lake monster there? Because it wouldn't be Lake Monster Month if we didn't have a giant creature in this lake. That's right. So could the legend of the serpent eating the child and cursing the lake and all that be a way to explain this. And, you know, there is legends of a serpentine creature living in this lake that predate the arrival of white settlers by a lot. Um, The Paiutes would tell stories of a 200 to 300 foot snake that lived in this lake. And we've got A few sightings here and a a few little short blurbs from newspapers around that time. Now, in 1883, the Reno Evening Gazette ran a story that told of a group of women seeing a large serpent shimmering. Serpent (laughs) shimmering. I, I did that. I said that fine earlier today. Yeah. But this time it came out of serpent simmering. Yeah. So if you've ever simmered your serpent, then you'll know it's pretty tasty at the end. Uh, a serpent I, shimmering I in the even, sun.
1: I can't even. I, I, I need I need a joke to put right here. I can't even. It's just too, yeah. I, I can't even do it.
2: Don't simmer your serpent. Um, but they <laughs> it told of a large group of women. Now I said women. <laughs> hey, we're off track. Yeah, we're going to move on. Yeah. So they saw it shimmering you, you in the sun. It. You get the idea. Um, they stated that it was as big as a balloon with a mouth on it, like forks of a road.
1: Okay. Now that you said completely
2: correct. And it, it makes no sense. Right. <laughs> they, I, I don't know what that means. I get as big as a balloon. Sure. Okay. So if you it, like a hot air balloon, whatever, if you want to say Doesn't that, it really look like a serpent. No, it's a big bulbous thing. Yeah. But. What does a mouth on it like the forks of a road mean? Does it mean like when a road forks the top jaw and the bottom jaw or the fork of the road? Maybe. But maybe it looks like a penguin's mouth. You ever seen that? Yeah, it's weird. That is weird. I don't know. But that that was the quote from the Reno Evening Gazette. Now, moving on from that weird description between the years of 1888 and 1889, a lot of commercial fishermen began to report seeing a giant serpentine creature in the lake. And they say it allegedly was feeding on the cutthroat trout that was in that lake. So that was its source of food that it would feed on this cutthroat trout. Now it was described as having the body and tail of an alligator, which we've heard before Mm -hmm. in other things and the flippers of a seal and the mouth of a frog. And, the mouth of a frog, they say, was used in order to scoop up the cutthroat trout. Then it would, they'd herd it into the shallows and big gulp up a mouthful of cutthroat trout.
1: That sounds like one of those things you see when you look at the, like the, the photo books or the, the illustrated books of these are the creatures that dwell in the depths of the ocean. Right. You know, you got one of those big, uh, what I, I it it looks like like that you know it's got a big frog mouth mm-hmm. long slender body
2: yep creepy like looking the frill shark
1: yeah something like that yeah, yeah.
2: and and yeah it kind of yeah like a giant frill shark is mm-hmm. what they're saying yeah um but many fishermen claim to see this monster basking in the sun so it's kind of taken on different characteristics than the other ones we've talked about yeah. this one comes out of the water it's more reptile like yeah then full, you know, lake dweller has to stay in the water. Yeah. Um, in 1919, the Newcastle News ran a story that was titled Sea Serpent Immune to Bullets. And apparently there were four hunters that saw a 35-foot serpent. And this group fired on the beast. But none of the shots could penetrate the creature's hide. So this sounds a lot like others that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, the hide is so tough that it can't penetrate in 1925 the los angeles times mentioned that the creature was accused of depleting the lake trout population and it was being blamed also for the disappearances of fishermen so like we're talking about before there's fishermen going missing well this theory states that it's the large serpentine creature that lives in the lake yep fishermen gulping frog snake. Exactly. A uh, frog snake, alligator, seal flipper. Um, <laughs> another description. Of, hey,
1: all of you people that like to draw this stuff, there you go.
2: Yes, please draw that. <laughs> so here, just so you can draw it. Um, From one description, as big as a balloon with mouth on it, like the forks of a road. Another description is that it had the body and tail of an alligator, the flippers of a seal and the mouth of a frog. Now, let's get to the last description that I've got. Oh, of it. we got one more. We got one more. Uh, it was described as being hundreds of feet in length, green in color, and having horns on its head. So my s- Google just came on for some reason, and it's, it's repeating everything I say. It's trying to search for it. <laughs> so... And it just said what I found on this. I just turned it off. I should have read that. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) hundreds of feet in length, green in color, and it has horns on its head. So there's another description that you could uh, draw if you're so inclined. Now, in 1959, the Nevada legislature placed the serpent under legal protection. So at this point in Pyramid Lake, if there is a sea creature, or sorry, a lake monster, lake creature there, then it is protected. You'll get in trouble if you kill it, shoot it, or harass it.
1: Can you imagine? Somebody, after all this time, finds this thing and shoots it because it looks like it's fixing to swallow them whole. Right. And here they are. Look, we found the monster in Pyramid Lake. And then they're like, hey, that's great.
2: You're under arrest. Yeah. Sorry, (laughs) but you're going to jail. Uh, You know, that would be my luck yes. out there, and it's about to attack me, so I shoot it, and then I get put in jail because yeah. it's a protected creature. And
1: then you can't make any money because it's a crime, and you can't right. make any money on a crime.
2: Right. <laughs> the body's donated to a museum, and I go to jail. Ah. We've discovered a new creature, and That's I right. get no credit. That's right. We can't call it the Atomosaurus or anything.
1: That sounds like a ploy to get people to quit hunting for it. Probably. Yeah. Just leave it
2: alone. Yeah, you'll get in trouble if you find it, so yeah. just leave it alone, guys. <laughs> don't look for our monster. So, you know, we normally have theories on what animal it could be. But Matt and I really don't have any theories I, on this one. I got I got nothing. So we leave that up to you guys. What what are y'all's thoughts on this? What what do you think? You know, are the water babies real? Um, is it a way to explain something else? Is the lake monster, the giant fork mouth, fork road mouth balloon creature <laughs> legitimate?
1: Horn, frog, snake, flipper, seal.
2: Right. So is all that <laughs> legitimate or is that just a legend, um, one that was made up to keep people from entering the water? Or, you know, to explain disappearances that they had no other explanation for, or what? Let us know. Now, let's get into our second story. So, this one, as Matt said at the top of the episode, is the Beast of Busco. Now, this kind of first made its appearance in 1898, when a farmer by the name of Oscar Folk noticed What was this giant turtle hanging out in his seven acre lake that he had on his farm? He told a lot of other farmers about it in the area and, you know, mentioned that it was this unusually large turtle and a lot of them laughed at him. So basically he thought, since it's really not hurting anybody and it just wants to live its life, I'm just going to leave it alone. And he ignored it and it remained that way for the entire time that he owned his farm. Now, if we fast forward about 50 years to 1948, the farm that Oscar Folk used to own, it's now been bought by Gail Harris. And realizing that this lake could allow for a lot of good fishing, Harris opened Falk Lake, which was named after Oscar Falk, obviously, to locals in the area to go fishing. Now, this is when the second, quote, official sighting of the giant turtle took place. One day in July, there were two men by the name of Ora Blue and Charlie Wilson. They were out on the lake and they're in their boat, they're fishing, and they spotted this giant turtle that was just hanging out on the surface of the water. And it it was a turtle just like monster sized, but it was completely ignoring the boat and it went on about its business and then it sank back down in the water. And they were so amazed by what they witnessed that Blue and Wilson returned to the shore and they quickly told Harris about what they had seen. And they described the creature as looking like a normal snapping turtle, but having a spiked shell and being the size of a large dining room table, being nearly six foot wide and appearing to weigh nearly 500 plus pounds.
1: Yeah. And then they said that this um, Italian plumber, was jumping across the water. Playing, yeah. And then it was shooting fireballs. <laughs>
2: blip, blip. I played that game. It's Bowser. I mean, come on. It, it does sound a lot <laughs> like Bowser. Um, so they were completely blown away um, by what these two fishermen were describing. So Harris began to watch the lake almost daily for signs of this turtle. And. You know, hours turned into days and then weeks. And finally, Harris saw proof that the giant was in the lake, according to him, in March of 1949. So he started telling anyone and everyone in the town about the giant that lived in his lake. And people were so amazed that they persuaded Harris to try and capture the creature. Now, he thought he could, so he built a trap That consisted of multiple wooden stakes, rolls of chicken wire, and raw bait, and it created like this funnel that the turtle could crawl into, and it would force him into a designated area and keep it contained in about 10 foot of water. Now, all the town folk arrived at Harris's farm days later when the trap was ready, and they anxiously awaited the turtle to arrive. So some had video cameras, some had still photos and they were hoping to catch the creature on film. A few hours passed, and the turtle finally arrived at the trap and began to venture inside. The witnesses on shore gasped, and the cameras began to roll and snap away, and the creature swam into the trap. But the trap didn't hold because the wire that he used was too weak to hold this turtle. So chicken wire is not going to hold a 500-plus-pound turtle. I don't think it's going to hold a 500-plus-pound anything. Right. I can get through chicken wire. I've built a chicken coop. Now, chicken wire is my arch nemesis because I always come away like I got in a fight with the chicken wire. Yeah, Cut up, bruised, egos busted. But I can break out of a chicken wire trap, so that wasn't a good plan for him. So almost instantly news of this turtle began to spread from Folk Lake, and all three men were talking to reporters, and it it became a nationwide story. And because of all these stories in various newspapers, people began to flock to Harris's farm to see the beast, in quotes, for themselves. And others showed up just to ridicule Harris for claiming such an Unbelievable creature was actually living in the lake, and crowds of nearly two hundred people showed up to watch Harris and others attempt to catch Oscar, which it was affectionately named after the original owner of the property in the lake and they so they they devised a few different ways of trying to capture this so. They developed a homemade periscope in order to see down into the lake and catch sight of Oscar hanging out on the bottom. But the water was just too murky to see anything, and the tube that was used even damaged Harris's eye. So yet another fail for poor Harris.
1: Please remember, this is the late 1940s. Right. (laughs) You know, they don't have the technology that we have today to go, Find an animal of this size in this lake. Right. You know,
2: they're doing the best they can. Right. So Harris got a fully functioning diving suit and talked a man named Woodrow Rigby into putting it on and going into the lake to search. Now, he agreed to do this, but they abandoned this idea after the helmet began to leak. So then a few days later, the helmet was repaired and Harris talked another man into putting on the suit in an attempt to search. So the helmet didn't leak, but the search had to be abandoned after two hours because Johnson kept getting stuck in the mud up to his chest at the bottom of Folk Lake. So there, you know, it's a a muddy, muddy bottom. And they say this is kind of where Oscar is hiding, is down in the mud of this lake. So. They decided they were going to drain the lake after about seven months of searching. So they used dynamite, threw it in there. Oscar never came up. So then they started dredging the lake, draining it. They got it down to, I think, 10 foot of water is what some sources say. Some Yeah, some even say down to five feet. Right. So they drained it a whole lot. And they never found Oscar. And all of this, you know, Harris lost money because he wasn't on this farm. He wasn't putting any time into raising crops. Um, All he was doing was searching for Oscar. This drove him nuts. Yeah, it drove him completely mad. He ended up getting sick. He had to sell the farm. You know, when he when he got sick and then recovered from being sick rain had refilled the lake so broke at this point he decided i'm just going to sell the farm forget it you know he's there if he's there if not whatever and so we we come to the point in this story where nobody's found oscar but people swear to this day that Oscar lived in that lake. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a Turtle Days festival that still happens in Churubusco, Indiana. And, you know, it, it. you ask anybody up around that area, yes, Oscar exists, the Beast of Busco existed. So why could they not find him when they drain the lake? Well, there's a lot of theories revolving around that from people that say... Yes, he was there. One of the theories is that, well, he buried himself down in the mud until people left him alone. He was there, but nobody saw him because he had sunk down. You're not going to find him. Another one is that there are underwater canals that go to other lakes, and he was able to escape in one of those when people, you know, started screwing with his lake. He got out and went to another lake to ride it out. Um, another theory is that that actually killed him. The dredging, mm-hmm. the draining killed the beast, and he ended up getting stuck in the mud below, and that's why a body, a shell, nothing has come up. So is it possible that there could be a 500-plus pound snapping turtle? If you're talking alligator snapping turtle, absolutely. Yeah, Because the descriptions of it are a bumpy shell, and alligator snapping turtles have basically three rows of bumps that go down its carapace. So that sounds to me like a snapping turtle. Mm -hmm. And Matt, I know you've seen one. I've seen one. We've seen giant snapping turtles, alligator snapping turtles ourselves. You know, several times when I've been in Louisiana, I've seen some that couple three feet wide at the shell. So, you know, it's not.
1: I've Um, seen, I've seen one within three miles of the graveyard. It was, it was years ago and it's it's a great story, but I'm going to work and it's probably about seven in the morning and the normal road that I would take runs right along the side of the lake, maybe a hundred yards at the most and and you're in the water and the car in front of me just comes to a dead stop and and I'm like what is this idiot doing and I notice that the cars on the other side of the road are also stopped and as I get close enough I realize that they have stopped because there is an enormous turtle in the road right. and it's and it's blocking both both lanes of traffic when I mean enormous I mean I was probably maybe 20 feet from this turtle. Mm-hmm. And there were people getting out of their cars trying to urge this thing along and probably three people could have stood on the on the shell. Right. You know, I mean side by side. It was that big. Mm-hmm. I mean it, it was at least it was at least 4 feet in length. And I'm just talking about the shell. Right. And it sounds like an exaggeration, but I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this thing and that's not, that's not out of the, out of the ordinary for these turtles. And they, they live a really, really, really long time. Right. This thing had an enormous head, you know, and turtles, they have, these type of turtles have claws on their feet, Mm -hmm. you know, that are sharp. They're not when they're this size, they are not an animal that you can just mess with. Right. I mean, they can bite you. Mm-hmm. And if a little snapping turtle can, you know, break your finger or at least nip the end of it off. Imagine what one this size could. Do. Yep. It, it could break your leg. Oh, sure. You know, if it got a hold of it and it's not going to let go. No. And if you believe my grandmother, it, a snapping turtle won't let go until it thunders.
2: Right. (laughs) I've heard some of those old wives tales. Um, And like Matt said, they can live a really long time and they're known to be able to live 200 plus years if the conditions are right. So, you know, uh, the beast of Busco Oscar could have been one of those that to that, you know, it was a couple hundred years old. Yeah. And, you know, they found it at the end of its life, it the conditions had been perfect for it. Nobody had messed with it till this point. So it was able to just grow and grow and grow. And, you know, if it wasn't, if it just happened to grow real big soon, Oscar could still be alive, be out there in another lake mm-hmm. somewhere if there were underground water connections to right. other lakes. Um, so of all the cryptids that Matt and I talk about, This is one that, to me, is legitimately possible, and it's legitimately possible that it is exactly what they say it is, that it is a giant snapping turtle. Big turtle. It's not a misidentification of something else. You know, this is just a huge alligator snapping turtle, and they're known to live in this, you know, that area and all the way down south. and. I mean, there's nothing that is too crazy about this story, except for the fact that it was six plus feet wide. Yeah. You know, but that's possible. Sure. You know, Um, and if you want to talk prehistory, there are turtles that, you know, baby turtles that were that size back in the day, you know, I mean, it's not uncommon for reptiles to Keep growing through their entire lives if conditions are right.
0: Yeah, Gamala.
2: Right. So, <laughs> um, you know, it, do you guys think that it is? You know, are are we way off base? You know that we that this isn't a giant turtle. You know, were people making this up for fame? Um, or are you like us? Do you believe that this is entirely possible? um we thought this one was cool just because of how plausible it was yeah. yeah um you know because i bet you if matt and i searched we could find one you know i find a good size pretty one. dadgum big turtle just yeah. across the road here from the graveyard I, I saw that one in the days
1: prior to smartphones so i would right.
2: otherwise i would have
1: a, a a picture of it but yeah i mean i and i've seen alligator snapping turtles not I've seen them in in like aquarium, mm-hmm. you know, you go and you visit and they're like, look at this thing. And, then, and you go, wow, it's big. It's a big turtle. Looks like it looks like an alligator that decided it was going to take up residence inside a turtle shell. Right. It's like, hey, this looks cool. You know, nothing's going to miss me now. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- they do get that big when they're left, you know, undisturbed. Yep. And they've got they've got good water. And, and a food source, I mean, people aren't out hunting turtles. Yeah. I mean, you don't, you, well, imagine there's somebody.
2: Is, they hunt but. turtles, but not normally alligator snapping turtles. Right. You know, um, they hunt the little like red ear sliders and stuff because they make better stew than an alligator snapping turtle does. Yeah. You know, now, I'll, I, I'll I'm, pass. I knew some people in Louisiana that you let them get a hold of an alligator snapping turtle, they'll eat that too. Yeah, why not? They eat al- alligator gar, you know, alligator snapping turtle. I fished with a guy who caught a gar, made me help him get it in the the truck. That that's a whole other story. But you know, <laughs> uh, if it's on if it's on a lake in a lake on a farm, you know, then most you're not really going to have many people going there to hunt it. You know, probably nobody knew it was there until it got to ginormous size. Right. And then at that point, then, yeah, okay, we see it. But that uh, Oscar Falk left it alone. Yeah. So he it let it keep bigger. growing for 50 years. Let it keep growing. So Matt and I believe this is very possible. You know, let us know what y'all think. But if you don't have anything else, Matt, I think that's all we got for this episode. Hey,
1: that's right. And uh, hey, guys, be sure and go to our website, graveyard podcast.com for many, many reasons. Number one, you can listen to the show. Number two, you can become a patron and support the show. Um, You can buy our merchandise. And as we mentioned at the beginning, you can get your tickets to our live event in Nashville on October 20th. So go follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching graveyard tales And get in our Facebook group if you want to know what's going on in the graveyard, what we have coming up, if you want the inside scoop on stories. Or, hey, if you want to pitch us an idea or share your story, get in our Facebook group, the Graveyard Tales group. We have a fantastic group of folks that get in there and they're, I mean, I love it when I see people interacting with each other adam and i are just reading along
2: yeah it's great
1: you know um so it's a lot of fun get in there like i said you can find out a lot of information uh, about the show about upcoming events and and we, we we give you some teaser things that that jump out there we we play games we ask people to uh give us their opinions you know you can like I said, shoot us an idea for the shows. I mean, you know, we've we've done at least one or two shows based on ideas that were thrown at us by by Facebook group members. Right. So uh, always, as Randy said, go and give us a five-star <laughs> rating on iTunes. That makes us easier to find, and it allows uh, more people into the graveyard.
2: And activate your snake bite kit. And
1: activate your snake bite kit. <laughs> so uh, as always... Thank you for listening, and until next time, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard.
2: See you soon.